Hey everyone, welcome back. I'm your co-host Jackie Spinell. And I'm Hannah Mira Plotkin. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to this week's episode, everybody. Episode 39. Ooh, I can't believe it's been 39 episodes already. Pretty stoked. We're we're almost close to a year. So it'll be it'll be cool to see where this journey takes us, Jackie. Yeah, for sure. So for this week's episode, we did want to talk about anxiety and just kind of mental health in general. And I think you've definitely heard Jackie and I say this a couple of times, but we really want to do these topics right. And we want to do them with justice and with dignity and things that, you know, all these things. We want to make sure that we're actually covering the topic to the best of our ability. So with that, we are probably going to continue to do episodes like these because they are super duper important. So stay tuned for that. But my point here is that we did want to put that we did want to put a trigger and a content warning just up here. If you have struggled with anything relating to self harm, eating disorders, suicide, abuse, discrimination, trauma, panic, any of these things, that it's really important that you ask yourself if you're in a mental a good mental headspace to listen to this episode. And if not, there's lots of other ones you can listen to and. We'll be here when you are ready to listen to it. Yes, yeah, I, I, I definitely uh, agree with that 100%. Yeah, so this is going to be, just to elaborate a little bit on that, this is going to be a mental health episode that's going to be focused on anxiety, which is something that we've all, I'm sure we've all heard the word. We don't always know what classifies as anxiety, what doesn't, and the differences between anxiety and some other different Uh, mental health disorders. And we'll also talk a little bit about our own experiences maybe at the end, which are not, well, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. So Hannah, do you want to start out by hitting us with the icebreaker question? Sure. And before I wanted to touch on the icebreaker question, I did just want to remind you all that we are going to be listing some crisis hotlines and some phone numbers to call and some resources in the description below. I just wanted to point out one. Um, This is just a hotline for teenagers anyway, any age from 11 to 21 and really any sort of issue. It doesn't have to necessarily be a crisis. All you have to do is text teen, the number two, teen, to 839-863. So that's teen to teen, 839-863. And I think that we can all just use a little bit of support in our lives sometimes. And so I just wanted to to put that out there. So in terms of the icebreaker question, Jackie, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your past self? So I think this is a very interesting question because I think it's different uh, from whoever, from which of my past selves I'm talking to. If I'm talking to my past self from when I was real young, um, I would, well, I think for for anybody, I I would just tell them, you know, at least from what I know now, I mean, I'm, I'm only 15. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep getting older and wiser. But I, as of now, I mean, everything has turned out okay. And everything that I've talked about this before, but everything that I do that takes me out of my comfort zone, as scary as it is leading up to it, it always results in something positive. And that's always something that I try to tell myself. But you know, you just got to keep doing things that, that take you out of that comfort zone. And I would just keep, I would tell my, 
my past self to keep doing things like that because it, it only makes you stronger and, and a better person. What about you? Yeah, I think you bring up just a really good conversation of confidence there, Jackie. And I think we can all use some more confidence in our lives. So I love that you brought that up. Um, I think in terms, hmm, I think in terms for me, what I would want to tell my past self is that it's okay to say no. I feel like I used to have a ton of commitments and I definitely still do have a bunch of commitments that I'm really proud of and really involved in, but I just wish that I told myself in the past that it's okay to say no and that it's okay to pursue things that you're interested in and not necessarily pursue everything. And I think that that's something that I'm still kind of grappling with and still kind of working on because I have committed myself to a bunch of organizations. And I think that this kind of just serves as a reminder to all of us that if you're not really passionate about something, you know, maybe give that space to somebody else to be able to share um, and things like that. So I think that this segues to our next topic. And we did want to just outline some vocab. So yeah, I, I just want to say before we hop into the vocab, I want to say, Hannah, we talk about that topic a lot. I think it's it's something that you and I both struggle with. You know, we're both uh, very focused on what's next and just trying to do as much as we can in the moment. And, you know, it's you just got to prioritize. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you actually um, said that really well, Jackie, just like doing what you're passionate about and yeah, rolling with that. I like that a lot. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I definitely, I just want to say real fast that I definitely realized this, um, this past year during quarantine, I think we'll definitely also touch on the COVID, the mental health effects uh, from COVID-19, which is a topic in and of itself. So the first vocabulary word we wanted to hit on is mental health. So this is, so mental health is our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And it ultimately affects how we think, feel, and act. And it also determines how we handle stress, how we relate to others, and how we make choices. So mental health is important at every, in, at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. And this actually touched on um, stress, which is we'll also talk about, and anxiety a little bit. So Hannah, do you want to hit us with another vocabulary word? Yeah, just one more thing with mental health is that in my, at least in my health class at school, we talk about a person's health triangle. And there's kind of like three mini triangles that make up the big health triangle. And that's your mental, your social, and your physical health. And so we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but if your mental health isn't in check, then your pyramid is going to be lopsided. If your social health isn't in check, same thing goes and same same goes for physical health as well so just with mental health it's important that you are actually realizing that your mental health is as important as your physical health so every time you do something physical for your body or every time you do something social with your friends make sure you're also spending equal time or equal dedication to making sure your mental health is in check and doing something for you um so the next one that we did want to touch on would be anxiety And so anxiety is a normal and often healthy emotion, actually. And we did just want to say that if this is something that you experience a lot, a lot of people kind of self-diagnose themselves with anxiety, but it's also important to reach out to a general practitioner if this is something that goes on in your daily life and not necessarily just every so often, because every so often is normal, but um, daily is definitely something that you, you do want to talk about. 
So anxiety, it can kind of get out of hand and become an uncontrollable feeling that takes over your emotions in your day-to-day life. And anxiety kind of goes along with fear um, and things like that. And so just, it's an all-encompassing kind of gloom and shadow that kind of come, comes over you. So with that, we did just want to touch on a little bit of the difference between stress and anxiety, because I think a lot of times people who are experiencing stress are really experiencing anxiety and thus don't get properly diagnosed and vice versa. So people under stress can experience mental and physical symptoms, like I was saying with the health triangle, such as irritability, anger, fatigue, muscle pain, digestive troubles, and difficulty sleeping. Whereas on the other hand, you have anxiety, which is defined by a persistent excessive worries that don't necessarily go away in the absence of a stressor. So it's kind of just a constant worrisome feeling, you know, even without the, the, the pressures of, um, of something that you're stressed about. So I think with that, there's just a lot of things that kind of play into anxiety and stress, and we're definitely going to continue to debunk them a little bit as we carry on with the episode. But I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this one as well, Jackie. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for explaining that, Hannah. And I just want to emphasize yet again that we are not coming from an expertise or a medical point of view or perspective. We, as we do for all of our episodes, we're just, we do research and we hear stories and that's kind of how we build our content from, and of course, from our personal experiences. But I encourage you all to do further research as always. And also just please remember, we are not coming from an expert's point of view. I do want to address, in addition to what you were talking about, the difference between stress and anxiety, now the difference between depression and anxiety. So I'm kind of going to talk about this from the symptoms. So some anxiety, some symptoms of anxiety include trembling, increased breathing rate, feeling nervous or powerless, having a sense of impending danger or panic, high heart rate, and sweating, while depression symptoms may include frustration, sadness, worthlessness, irritability, loss of interest in normal activities, thoughts of suicide or death, tiredness, disturbance in sleep or appetite. So you can tell that they're that they're different there, but some of some um, some symptoms that they both share, depression, anxiety, include restlessness, dr- trouble thinking, concentrating, or making decisions, excessive worrying, unexplained physical complaints such as headaches or stomach aches, and agitation. So it's important to remember that while these terms are different, there's always overlap and you can have one, you can have the other, you can have both, you can have all, you can have anything, you know, you just have to, something again that I want to emphasize is that as long as you are in aware of your mental health and you're doing the best things that you can for it, I mean, that's, that's, that's the best, that's what you can do and and definitely a great first step. And we'll talk a little bit about ways we can all help uh, later in the episode. For sure. You brought up a couple of really, really valid points. And with that, we're not trying to have you self-diagnose yourself, but I think that it is really important for people to realize that there may be a connection between how they're feeling and anxiety. So some of the key points or signs that that um, that really stick out to me as something that may that may help you figure out if if you're experiencing stress or anxiety is asking if you're worrying excessively or worrying because there's actually something to be worried about. 
I mean, we could go into a bajillion different um, examples here, but like with school, that for me is a stressor because I'm worried about it. But as soon as an assignment is done or as soon as it's the weekend, I can kind of tune out and that whole weight lifts from my shoulder. But with anxiety, you don't get that relief. And so when you're asking yourself about anxiety or stress, it's important to ask yourself, is this something I can actually and legitimately be worried about? Or is this kind of something that's just always going to hang over my head? And as much as it's important to normalize anxiety and things like that, it's also important that you're not just saying that you have anxiety for the sake of having anxiety um, and just kind of blaming all of your thoughts and opinions and all of your feelings on anxiety um, necessarily. It's kind of like with OCD, a lot of people like to say when something's you know out of order, like if you're trying to organize markers and you're organizing it by color, but purple and orange are switched, you know, sometimes people would say, oh, that's my OCD that's bothering me. So in that case, that would actually be false. And that is not OCD. Um, and rather, it's kind of making light of a serious topic. So with anxiety, it's important to recognize if this is something serious or if you're just appropriating um, a mental struggle that a lot of people go into. You bring up such an amazing point there, Hannah. And something that I actually, I do see a lot. And I actually something that I do love about social media that we have touched on in the past is that I'm always seeing people advocating for different issues and for different people's issues, not even their own issues. And, and so I see, you know, people advocating for racism, homophobia, um, transphobia, anti-Semitism. And I also see people advocating for mental health, which has caused me to do a lot of research. And so I've saved a couple po uh, posts and I found this one that I posted, that I've reposted a long time ago by this Instagram account called Anxiety Healer. And I'm briefly gonna go through, I think it's eight signs you may have for what's known as high functioning anxiety. So this is not even like you were kind of talking about Hannah, this is not to diagnose, to self-diagnose but this is also to look out for others. So we may not always be aware or be, or just know what people are going through, but if we can be just mindful that people might be going through more than we can see on the surface, then that's, these are some ways that you can take that to the next level. So if you're called a perfectionist, if you have little physical tics that, might, that people might say are bad habits, if you know how to compartmentalize your emotions. And because of this, you've been accused of being stoic and unemotional. You joke about having FOMO, but it is much bigger than that. You worry about not opening up because you live a seemingly normal life. You lose a lot of sleep. Most people think of you as an overachiever. And lastly, one of your biggest fears is letting people down. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you have these, that means you have high functioning anxiety, but it's just, if you notice that maybe people around you are suffering from these things that may seem little on the surface, but go much deeper internally, you reach out, reach out. That's all I can say. For sure. It's definitely interesting to see that there's different types of anxiety. So I appreciate you bringing that up, Jackie. And and with that, we did want to talk a little bit about mental health during COVID. I think with everybody, um, I think with everybody kind of being so isolating, 
isolated and so far away from each other and with such levels of uncertainty as is our country, not only with COVID, but politically and just culturally and all of these different aspects. I think it can be really anxiety inducing just considering how much is going on, but also yet how much we don't know um, and things like that. So it's just really important that there's to remember that there are coping methods. And if you are experiencing stress or anxiety or just concerned with the pandemic, it's really important to be kind to your mind. And I think that this is like a really good like catchphrase just to kind of have as like a mantra throughout the day. It's okay to pause and breathe and notice how you feel. You can take slow, deep breaths, stretch, meditate. You can look at how you're feeling, what you're thinking without judgment. I think a big thing is that there's this whole taboo topic about mental health and it seems to still be pretty taboo even within communities that are starting to become more progressive. So it's important to not judge because this is something that so many people are going through. And instead of responding or reacting to these thoughts and feelings, note them, but let them go. I think it's important to just pause and breathe and just don't judge. Also, you can you can try and take breaks from upsetting content. I know that with um, with all that's going on in the news, it can be really all all consuming. It seems like so you can you can try some re- relaxation techniques like listening to music or just getting up and getting outside, and that really goes with taking taking care of your body. So just exercising regularly. I know that exercise can be a trigger of stress and um, of body uh, of just body positivity. There's like a whole conversation here with with exercise, but it's still important that you are moving your body because that can actually help to relieve some of that anxiety. And even just like a little short walk is really beneficial. Um, A few more is just get sleep. I know so many people are like, oh, it's online school. Like I don't have to be up until five minutes before my call, but be consistent with your sleep schedule. I think that your sleep patterns right now are really important with coping with anxiety or coping with stress or any of these things. Um, I did just want to say that I feel like Jackie and I have both been using anxiety as kind of a blanket term for stress and worry and things like that. And I know that that's not accurate. So we are going to be mindful of that. Um, But just bear with us here. And lastly, I think it's important to eat healthy and well-balanced meals, but also to make sure that you're being kind to your body and listening to your body. So if you're craving something, I feel like this is the time, just listen to your body and just just roll with it. So Jackie, I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe maybe how mental health during the pandemic has been affecting you or has been affecting other people um, around you. Yeah, so you brought up you brought up great points as always. Another catchphrase that I like that's very similar to that one is just it's okay not to be okay. And and the, the thing that those two both have in common is that they start with, it's okay. And I think it's important to just highlight that because I do think that's the most important part of both, both I guess, slogans, mantras, but just because it is okay. Whatever you're feeling, it's okay. And you can't help how you feel, but you can, you can change your reaction to it or you can try to make it better. And even though it might not get better so fast, I think that, you know, with time, and I know I was talking about this with my sister the other day, and time is just knowing, okay, something, this will heal in time is not reassuring at all. And I know from personal experience, because 
just to get to get personal, I was very, I would say I was I was very depressed last year when camp was originally canceled. And for a lot of people, camp is one of those things that's maybe more superficial. But to me, it is my entire life and my it's where I get all of my happiness from the year. And so when it first got canceled, I was very down. I was having trouble just functioning. And sure enough, with time, it just sort of healed itself. And and I know, you know, it's, it's, again, it's just not reassuring, but it does change things. And another thing I just want to talk about real fast is another thing, another kind of subtopic in this is that another thing, well, another thing that I saw on Instagram, it's don't disregard other people's struggles just because they're not struggling as much as you are or as much as somebody else you know is. Everyone struggles differently and somebody's struggles may not seem very real or very difficult to you, but you don't know how they're taking it internally. And for example, COVID, we all have, we're going through this whole confusing experience of COVID-19 and we're all handling it differently. Some of us like the alone time, some of us can't stand it. And some of us are just really just struggling because we don't know what's going to happen next. So it's, and so many other people are just taking it in different ways. So again, just please look out for people around you and please remember that it is okay. For sure. That is such a good point that you bring up. And I know that a lot of these feelings are amplified around the new year because people keep saying new year, new you. But I think in reality, you're worthy just the way you are and you're valid just the way you are. And you don't need to change who you are. You just need to check in with yourself and see if there's anything that, you know, maybe you could do better, but that this shouldn't be a pressurizing thing. And that I think everything takes time. I think that this is something that Jackie and I are really are really trying to harp on um, is that everything takes time and anxiety isn't just in your head. I think your body feels it too. So I think it's just really important that we're looking at this as, as, um, as a way to maybe introduce some more self-care into our, into our lifestyles and just more, more ways to, to check in. And um, I, I feel like we keep talking about this. So I just, I think that's really important. I know that with anxiety, though, I think that there's a huge, like I was saying before, a taboo and stigma around showing emotions and struggling with anxiety. And with that, this, there's this entire idea of toxic masculine, ma sorry, toxic masculinity, where um, media and society kind of says that masculine or male assigned at birth or male identifying people um, are kind of grouped into this sort certain stereotype or set of norm norms that aren't necessarily true and I think one of the big ones is um the stereotype that men can't um men can't show emotions and men can't cry and things like that and I think that this really plays into a lot of um male assigned at birth and just male identifying people's stress and anxiety specifically because of their gender um their gender identity. So I would love to hear your thoughts on this as well, because I think that this topic could honestly be an entire episode in and of itself and probably will be one day also. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And this is a topic that's so relevant and just something, you know, we're just talking about a tiny sliver of toxic masculinity, but in the focus of mental health, 
this is yet another post that I saw. Things we need to normalize for men, asking help, being feminine, going to therapy, crying or showing emotions, seeking help for mental health and encouraging them to talk. These are things that just need to be normalized. They're simple things that have already been normalized for women and and um, I think it's it's sad. It's a very sad reality that these things are not normalized for men. These are things that I'm definitely crying when you're sad is something that I feel comfortable doing. And I think that everyone should feel comfortable doing. And me, I, I speak as, as a woman, you know, I, I see, for example, I see, I see a lot of my female friends cry and I don't always see my male friends crying or my female um, role models crying, but I don't always see my male role models crying. And crying is not, not everybody cries, but also asking for help and showing that you're vulnerable. It's just something that you know, everybody, everybody inside needs to be vulnerable once in a while. Yeah, I think that vulnerability really sums up the entire idea here. And I think, I think it's just important that this is, when we talk about gender stereotypes, a lot of people kind of focus on the, the, the female aspect and feminism and all of these things. But I think it's important to remember that, um, that, that male that male identifying people really have these same experiences too, just kind of on the flip side where they are also grouped into these boxes. And so we need to do our best to dispel these myths and work together to create a more unified and accepting community of people. I think that moving into talking a little bit about my our personal experiences with mental health, I can't personally say that I have, that I have or have ever had anxiety or depression and I feel really privileged to be able to say that there have definitely been times I think last week I was definitely feeling this um, that I, that I've been feeling really overwhelmed and the way that I was able to identify like I was saying before that this was stress and not anxiety is that all of my worries kind of melted away as soon as I was checking things off my to-do list but when I felt overwhelmed I kind of felt like I had so many things on my plate and that I couldn't I wasn't using my time effectively, no matter what I was doing. And I think that that is something that a lot of people can relate to. I feel like when we have a lot of things hanging over our heads, and it wasn't even that I was procrastinating, it was that I genuinely had a lot to do. When we have these feelings of things hanging over our heads, it can get really kind of all-consuming to be like, work, work, work. But it's also important to take time to be by yourself, read a book, watch your movie and things like that. And that was something that I was definitely kind of struggling to find a balance between. And I did just want to give a really big shout out to Jackie because she definitely was able to help a lot on the back end of the podcast last week. And so that is definitely, definitely appreciated when I was kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed with all of my, all of my multiple to-dos. Um, I don't know if that's the best example because I don't want it to seem like my experiences are the right experiences, are the only experiences, and I don't want to diminish anybody else's suffering or anybody else's feelings or anything like that. So I would love, Jackie, just to get another perspective and see kind of how, you're, how you've been feeling recently. First of all, I just want to say, Hannah, you flatter me. I'm always here to help you out, help a friend in need. And we all struggle differently. Again, what, there's no such thing as, as struggling incorrectly or, or having struggles that just that aren't as great or as heavy or as 
difficult as other people's. That's really something that I, I'd like to emphasize. For my own personal um, struggles with mental health, I definitely, I too, uh, struggle with, you know, being overwhelmed. And this is something that I talk about with my mom all the time. And having, I always, I kind of like to, I'm all, all about analogies. So I like to kind of think about my time and my um, commitments as like a plate. So when my plate is full, sometimes it's best when my plate is full of things that I am interested in. I love spending my extra time working on the podcast. It's definitely a hobby of mine. And I have actually, I've working with two other podcasts right now, which I'm very excited about, but it, it does come to a point where it's a lot. So sometimes my mom was telling me that sometimes when your plate is on the verge of being too full, but it's just the right amount, that could be the best amount. But when it's too full, you know, that's that's when trouble starts starts to brew. And I definitely have been on both sides of that. And I definitely know what it feels what it feels like to feel overwhelmed and stressed out with way too much work, schoolwork and other extracurricular works work. And I also have struggled with anxiety in the past. And I definitely there are certain things that trigger my anxiety. And I have certain tip tips that help me. But there's some things that, you know, I have, sometimes I'm thinking and my anxiety just sort of overwhelms me. And I start to think about my, my future and my life ahead. And it all just sort of seems impossible from where I'm standing because of my anxiety. And so that's definitely something that I try to work on and something that I try to let other people know so that I'm not the only one who's struggling with this. Thank you for being so vulnerable and up in there, Jackie. I think you definitely bring up a lot of good points about how it's important not to minimize your feelings as, you know, as much or as little as you may be feeling in a certain situation. I think that this is a really interesting topic that I wanted to segue into because it's a little bit confusing to me if Jackie and I ever talk about this in a serious way or if we always kind of talk about this in a joking way, but I'm referring to social anxiety. So social anxiety can kind of be grouped into the category of the stress and the anxiety and the worry, some feelings that you experience when you're in a social situation. And so Jackie and I kind of have this, I, I don't know if I'd call it a routine, but I'll call it a shtick. We kind of have this shtick where we'll call each other before a Zoom call or before a meeting and it always ends with us being like, oh my gosh, are you in the waiting room of the Zoom meeting? I'm in the waiting room of the Zoom meeting. And oh my gosh, my social anxiety, like what am I going to say if so-and-so asks me a question? Or, you know, we kind of over, I, I wouldn't, I'm not meaning to diminish your feelings here, Jackie. I'm just saying that I feel like we sometimes overanalyze the situation and things like that. And for me, I'm not always sure if it is actual social anxiety or if it's me just being a little bit nervous going into a meeting or into any sort of um, social social Zoom. And so for me, what I'm thinking with social anxiety is that as much as it normalizes the ideas of anxiety, I definitely want to be more careful when I'm tossing around the word anxiety because I think it can definitely make people feel like they're thoughts and opinions and their experiences aren't being amplified, but rather they're kind of being covered up and, you know, we're using our voices instead of theirs when this necessarily isn't an exact situation where social anxiety is 
where this is actually social anxiety, if that makes any sense. I would, I would love to hear your thoughts as well and kind of clarify. Yeah, I'm actually not 100% sure either if that's social anxiety. I definitely, the feeling that I get, you know, going, going into these social situations, especially on Zoom, is definitely overwhelming and definitely stressful. And I like to know that somebody like you or another one of my introverted friends is going to be on there so that I'm not the only one. And for me, that's really, that's extremely reassuring and I, I definitely, I definitely do feel that. And I think you also, you also kind of brought up a great segue into talking about ways or what we can do to better ourselves and to make sure that we're being the most aware people for mental health and that we can be. So I saw this other post that just sort of talked about ways that you can be better. And so I'm going to read it out and I think it's very helpful. So stop saying OCD when you mean organized. Stop staying depressed when you mean sad. Stop saying ADHD when you mean easily distracted. Stop saying traumatic when you mean inconvenient. Stop saying anorexic when you mean skinny. Stop saying phobic when you mean uncomfortable. Stop saying bipolar when you mean moody. Stop saying schizophrenic when you mean unpredictable. Stop saying psychotic when you mean irrational. Stop saying sociopath when you mean cruel. Stop saying autistic when you mean foolish or strange. Stop saying triggered when you mean upset or offended. And stop saying the R word in general. So these definitely, this brings up such great points also about how times have changed. And I think it's always important to you know, look at yourself and make sure that you are being socially correct. And by doing these things and by making sure that your grammar is up, up to date and just socially correct is a great first step. And so I encourage you all to just look at, look at your, look at how you're saying things and just try to be, you know, just as inclusive and as respectful as, respectful as you can be. For sure. I think it's just respect that is really, um, that's really the ringer here. I think that when people use the word OCD, they're not necessarily using it in the kindest of ways always. So it's always just important to check your intentions and things like that. Um, I did just kind of want to talk a little bit as we start to wrap up here, just about ways that you can kind of combat just general mental funks. I think relaxation is a huge thing. Relax Relaxing can be really hard, but it's just important to be kind to yourself. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you can try and make a to-do list. It can feel really self-satisfying and soothing to just check off those little boxes. You can also calm down and relax a bit by listening to podcasts, music, looking out the window, just doing some deep breathing exercises and journaling. I did learn this really cool um, breathing exercise called the 54321 thing. So it's five things you can see. And so when you're kind of in this big state of worry, you look around and you list off five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. And the entire idea of this exercise is it's supposed to be really grounding and just bring you back to the reality. So you kind of get out of your head 
just bring yourself more to reality. And that can be really great to use during um, a co- when you're trying to cope during um, a panic attack um, or anything like that, or just when you're generally just trying to relax. So I would love if anybody wants to try and, you know, see what's and, and see what's up with this breathing exercise and let us know how it works out for you. I would, I would love to hear some feedback. Um, with that, it's always just important to put yourself first and take time for yourself and remember that you're worthy and you're valid no matter what and that you should be focusing on yourself first and then and then thinking about other people. And I know that society kind of tells you otherwise, but I think it is really, really important if we all just, just take time and, and do what's best for us. I love that. And I think that's such a great mentality and something that I'm definitely going to focus on, especially in the new year. And I, uh, some things that personally work for me, I have definitely tried meditation in the past. It personally doesn't work for me, but I, I definitely, I have so many friends that really do use it and really do swear by it. So I personally love to work out um, to relieve stress. And like we were, like you were um, talking about in the beginning, I like to take walks and I like to just be outside and be one with nature. And also something that I just want to say, make sure to surround yourself with people who are promoting your, your mental health and raising you up instead of bringing you down. That's something that I've also been trying to work on. And I've really just been trying to pick and choose who I really want to want to devote my energy towards. And one final quote that I want to end with is, be proud of how far you've come, even if it's not where you thought you would be. Yeah, I, I love this quote. And I think it's I think it's the perfect way to end this episode. And it also kind of wraps us right back to our icebreaker question and just talking about where we are now and where we started from and looking into the future in an optimistic way. That's it for this week's episode of Dive Right In with Jackie and Hannah. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on Instagram at Dive Right In Podcast, as well as Jackie's personal Instagram at Jackie Spinell and mine at Hannah.Plotkin. All of these links can be found in our link tree at www.linktr.ee slash dive right in, which is in our Instagram bio, which is also listed below in the blurb. Also, our website is www.diverightinpodcast.weebly.com, where you can find all of our biographies, links to episodes, as well as our favorite resources. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It truly helps us out. You can leave any additional feedback at diverightinpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you just dove right in.